You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus, starting at $3 a month. Get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shout-outs, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to GatorsBreakdown.SupportingCast.FM to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Man, if you're watching live, coming at you on a Saturday. Rare Saturday show, but hey, big news coming. The Gators get a transfer wide receiver from Arizona State, Ricky Pearsall. Big pickup for the Gators, instant contributor, probably an instant starter for this Gator wide receiver core. We've known the Gators have needed help at the wide receiver position. Some difference makers, I don't know. We'll get into it, how much of a difference maker this is, but it does add one more receiver into the rotation here. We'll take a look at some of his numbers, some comparison to some other Florida wide receivers on the roster as well. We'll look through his career stats and just kind of how Ricky fits in to Billy Napier's offense, how he'll fit into this wide receiver room uh, as well. And some uh, SEC stat cat helped us out too with a, with a tweet. You know, guys know uh, I use his stats a lot during the season. Credit to him too for putting an instant look at the type of receiver Florida will be getting here. So I'll go into those stats as well uh, there for Ricky Pearsall, the Gators' newest commitment by way of the transfer portal from Arizona State. Everybody, look, hey, if you're watching live on YouTube, you probably look a little bit of a new look, too, there. So hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you really enjoy watching Gators Breakdown on YouTube. It really, really helps us out when you subscribe. You hit that bell. You get that notification when Gators Breakdown goes live. Look, for episodes like this, as I said, this time of year, we don't know when the commits are going to be flying in for Florida. You, If I do an episode, you'll get a notification when Gators Breakdown goes live, something like this. So like, subscribe comment let us know what you think about this gators uh, newest commitment here really really helps us out here on the youtube version of gators breakdown check us out on your favorite podcast platform as well and the home of gators breakdown news for jacks.com slash gators breakdown so as we do it every time here when we get a commit you guys know what we do here gator nation we 
got to commit. As I said, Ricky Pearsall, transfer from Arizona State. Here's a look at his career stats. Dating back to his first season at Arizona State in 2019, he played 13 games. First year there, seven receptions, 128 yards. Average 18.3 yards per catch. No touchdowns uh, in his freshman season. And then in 2020, you guys got to remember, it was a pandemic year. The Pac-12 did not play a lot of games. Arizona State did not play a lot of games. Four games played in 2020. Six receptions in those four games, 86 yards, one touchdown, 14.3 yards per catch. And then the big breakout season last year in 2021, 13 games played by Pearsall, 48 catches, 580 yards, four touchdowns with an average of 12.1 yard per catch. So there you look at it right now, his career, 30 games played, so a lot of experience. 61 catches, almost 800 yards, five touchdowns, and averaging about 13 yards a catch. 6'1", 210-pound wide receiver. This one, this one was tricky. Um, we knew Florida early on was going to be into the mix, be in the mix of getting Pearsall. Florida hosted him. Oregon hosted him last weekend, and originally Auburn was going to be into the mix, but Auburn didn't really get into it um, in the end. It was more of a Florida-Oregon battle. And look, I'm telling you, I talked to a lot of people connected to this. This was a true battle Florida had to win. This was a true battle after that visit to Oregon uh, last week. He was really torn. It was about a 50-50 back and forth, trying to make a decision all week long. Uh, And the word was going to come out that he may commit Thursday or Friday. He wanted to delay that decision. He met with the staff one more time on Zoom late this past week. He was really torn. The staff got one more final push, one more final go around with a Zoom meeting, and the staff nailed it. The Gators come away with Pearsall in the end. And you go back to his Florida visit, Read the reports out there, and a big credit to to, uh, 24-7 Sports, Jacob Rudner. He came to the Florida side on the 24-7 site from Arizona State. So he knew about Ricky, had some connections, was talking to his dad, was talking to Ricky uh, through this. I know some other people who were connecting in this, and when I say it was a true 50-50 battle, I mean it in every sense of the word. Florida had their work cut out for him from here. Think about it. Not a lot of luck bringing West Coast kids over to Florida. But Florida really nailed it on their visit of the, the home atmosphere with the new staff, the, the general feel of just basically being a very genuine group of coaches. That really, really hit home. And then getting AR involved, talking to the quarterback that's going to be throwing you the ball this fall. And, guys, if you are like me, you're going to sit here and compare. All right, Bo Nix transfers to Oregon. A lot of experience in the SEC. Didn't work out at Auburn, he could, he, and he goes to Oregon under first-year head coach Dan Lanning. Okay, now you compare that to Florida. Billy Napier, okay, it's his first year in the SEC, but he has head coaching experience. And to me, the ultimate tiebreaker, and this may be the tiebreaker of it all, maybe I'm, maybe I'm looking at it in orange and blue glasses. I think a lot of you Gator fans are probably going to agree, though. Okay, I get to play with Anthony Richardson 
or I get to play with Bo Nix. I can, you can fill in the blank. <laughs> you can choose between A or B. <laughs> which, one do, which one do you want to pick? Leave that in the comment section if you want to, but I know the answer. <laughs> Give me the potential of Anthony Richardson compared to what we already know Bo Nix to be. And then he transfers to Oregon in a new system with a brand new head coach. Okay, Anthony Richardson's kind of in the same scenario. Brand new head coach, brand new system. But at least his head coach has coached games before. I'm not sure if I'm trying to make this my money year. If I'm Ricky Pearsall, if I'm trying to make this my money year and go to the NFL after one year. Now, he's got two years eligible, at least two years, but maybe three. But he's at least got two. If I'm trying to get to the NFL, I think I'm picking Billy Napier and Anthony Richardson over Dan Lanning and Bo Nix. To me, easy decision. Wasn't so easy for Ricky, but ends up choosing Florida in the end. I mean, it's the fit about how do you fit in the offense? How would he be used? Talking to AR, go through, hey, what, what was this offense like in spring practice? What do you like about it? What you don't like about it? Staff sitting down with him, how he'll be used in this offense. I mean, Bo Nix and that change of scenery at Oregon is not all of a sudden going to make him this great quarterback. I think the chance to play with Anthony Richardson wins out. <laughs> I mean, to, to me, it's a no-brainer. Maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way. But last year, of course, this leading Arizona State, 48 catches, 580 yards, four touchdowns, led the team in all those categories. You got to think about it. Probably could have even been better stat-wise last year, but Arizona State's quarterback, Jaden Daniels, He's now at LSU. He had a very disappointing season last year, and we all know there's one more Arizona State connection here. Oh, actually, we'll get into another one, too. Of course, the news yesterday uh, with the defensive lineman, Lillet. But also, former Florida quarterback, Emory Jones, is now the quarterback at Arizona State. Well, I don't know the quarterback, but he is transferring to Arizona State. Probably will be taking over for Jaden Daniels, as I said, who transferred to LSU from Arizona State. But Pierce Allstats may have been even better but Daniels had a very disappointing season last year. But let's go to dive into a little bit more about Pearsall here and his position coach, Bobby Wade, the wide receiver coach at Arizona State. He offered these words. Now, in the Pearsall, there's something else that probably should be brought up here. He went through spring practice at Arizona State. The original thought was he was going to you know, be a contributor there for the longest time. But, nope, goes through spring practice. Arizona State suffers a boatload of transfers, Pearsall being one of them. But as a, um, let's go back to it. Bobby Wade, his position coach, quote, I still think Ricky is still I, – I think Ricky is still climbing, Wade said. I think he's far from reaching his peak. I think a lot of it has to do with his mentality each week, how he prepares, how, does he, how he does a great job at that. We're going to do a great job of moving him around. I think he's a guy that can handle multiple snaps in multiple positions. So I see a lot of people in the, in the, in the chat right now saying slot, slot. Mostly, yes, slot, but he won't just be a slot receiver. They'll move him to the outside as well. And you can see Ricky, that, with that being talked about from his position coach at Arizona State, Bobby Wade. Now, that maybe this offense changes a little bit. As I said, I think he's more of a slot guy too. But – he can also play on the outside. To finish that, I think he's a physical player. 
I think he's mentally tough, and we'll rely on him to make a lot of plays. That was the thought from his position coach, Bobby Wade, this past spring, just a month or so ago at Arizona State. So he's not just going to be, hey, slot, boom, you're here. No, they're going to move him all around. Move him all around to be coached also by his new position coach. We just heard from his old position coach. Well, now, Kerry Colbert. He was out west at USC. With a little bit of recruiting background, too. Pearsall, being out west, knew of Colbert, knew of him being at USC, and knows how detailed he is. And the reputation, a little bit of a reputation now for Colbert as he's gone through these coaching ranks, these coaching years, of putting players in the NFL. There's a reputation Colbert's getting there now. So I think that went a long way in a selling point for Florida to break that 50-50 battle that he had mentally of Florida or Oregon. I think there, there was a lot more. And, and honestly, I'm trying to take my orange and blue glasses out of that a little bit. I still, there was a lot more, I think, unless it's, it's really hard sometimes to pull those West Coast kids. But I think when you sit down and look at it, Florida was just such a better fit. Experience as a head coach, a better quarterback. I'm sorry, I don't know why Oregon's wide receiver coach, but Colbert's got a pretty good reputation there. And look, you're going to get to do it on a bigger spotlight in the SEC week in and week out. And as I said, for, for Pearsall here, he's an instant contributor. To me, an instant starter. I mean, you add him to the group, led probably led by Justin Shorter, but he may be the leader now. Um, Peter Blue, I see you in the comments section here. I'm going to throw this up. Good replacement for Copeland. Yeah, definitely. And the reason I'll say that for stat-wise, Copeland and Shorter had very similar stats last year. And you're about to see Pearsall and Shorter also very similar stats when you sit here and look at it. So I'm throwing the table up right now on the YouTube side of things if you guys want to see the graphic. But look at Pearsall and Shorter pretty much. Very similar stats right there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's go, but this was last year. This is last year now. Pearsall, 48 catches, shorter 41. So seven more catches than shorter. Only 30 more yards than shorter, 580 to 550. Average, Justin Shorter actually had a higher average, 13.41, compared to Pearsall's around 12. Pearsall, one more touchdown, four to three over shorter there. And look, I'm not trying to make this a competition. I'm just trying to 
what are we getting here? And if you go back to last year and look at Florida's offense and what we saw from Justin Shorter, Pearsall kind of in the same mold here, both 13 games as well. First downs, Shorter, four more, 28 to 24, four more than Pearsall. Yards after the catch, almost dead even, Pearsall 65, Shorter 64. But the thing is, is how they're used. That That's the difference here. While the stats may be similar, how they get there is a little different. We've mentioned Pearsall being able to be moved around. Look, he even takes some carries sometimes and is another option, much like Trent Whittemore. Trick plays, throwing the ball as a quote-unquote quarterback back there when he gets the ball in his hands. That's an option of his game as well. But if you look there, very similar stats there. And both guys held back. I think we all can agree. I mentioned Jaden Daniels struggling last year at Arizona State. Well, we know Justin Shorter's most of the year playing with Emory Jones. And Shorter's, you know, came on more toward the end of the year, but very kind of inconsistent performance and not necessarily his fault. Just quarterback inconsistency led to wide receiver inconsistency. So I think a whole year with Anthony Richardson, both these guys, I think now maybe you start pegging for at least 50 catches. But there you go. Why was he so needed? Keep looking at that table right there. More proven than Xavier Henderson. 22 more catches last year than Xavier Henderson. 580 yards for Pearsall compared to Henderson's 277. Average two yards more per catch. Two more touchdowns. 11 more yard, 11 more first downs. Yak is up there too. And Trip Winnemore, we know, banged up last year, didn't get to play uh, the, the whole season. Um, but, you know, this gives Florida four deep at receiver here. A lot of three tight end sets here, so how would that break out? But I think Pearsall is for sure one of your starters now. To me, there's not much doubt about that. Now, maybe a little behind these guys because they went through spring practice, of course, but, look, there was a need here. Florida goes out and gets him. We'll go through summer workouts now, hopefully show a lot of what he showed at Arizona State when he lines up in the SEC. Ability to catch the ball short get yards after the catch. But at the same time, I mean, there's plenty of highlights on YouTube, guys. He's beating guys down the field as well, getting behind coverage, finding open space in defense to get open. As we say, he'll line up mostly in the slot, but he'll play some outside as well. He'll play some outside as well. Outside as well. Um, tag, I saw you spit what was Copeland's stats. I, I, of course, I didn't throw Copeland in there because he's not on the team this year. I was kind of trying to compare Pearsall to what's on the roster now, but Copeland had very similar stats to Pearsall and Shorter. Uh, so you, you just kind of keep that in mind uh, as well. So um, there you go, though. I mean, that gives Florida another option. They're at the top four. Now, look, we're going to sit here and, com and compare transfer wide receivers, and Florida's had recent history there, of course. You go back to Van Jefferson, and you go back to Trevon Grimes. Pearsall, probably not Van – I mean, I think stature coming in. Hey, probably even more production, if I remember right. Van Jefferson didn't have a whole lot of production coming from Ole Miss. So you get more production here, but can Pearsall ultimately – 
be as big of a factor as somebody like Van Jefferson. And hopefully more than Trevon Grimes, not to really, you know, go all negative on Trevon Grimes, but didn't live up to that five-star status. So can we at least get a quote-unquote Van Jefferson type here? I mean, if we get that type of production, then Florida wins the lottery right here. <laughs> so big time, big time. And we know this offense is going to need some help. Now, Anthony Richardson is going to need some options at wide receiver. Not a lot of proven playmakers at the position. Can, I, I'm not even saying Pierce Hall can be that, but at least now we have another option. I mean, the staffs, the staffs went through a spring practice. Staff saw the need to go get a wide receiver. And went and got it done. He will play a lot. And now if the young receivers, have, you know, going through spring practice, if the young receivers aren't ready, you don't have to force them out there now. And that's another win here. If Florida's got some young receivers, I expect to see Frazier's play a whole lot. What will Marcus Burke do? Dejon Reynolds, you know, one of the spring standouts that we heard about. You know, you don't have to force those guys out. You want to see those guys out there a whole lot too. You know, we just mentioned four guys right here to start with. But you want to see about four more after these. But now you don't have to – if those guys aren't ready, if they aren't ready, now you don't have to force them out there so much. You add one more to the arsenal here. You have a player who's done it at a major level. It's not just potential. Those numbers are there. It's not just potential now. The potential is a next, a, a next step. Is there, is, is there potential for a next step there with a quarterback like Anthony Richardson? That's what we want to see. But we're not basing a base-level stats here off of potential. There's, there's production there. That's what I like about this pickup. There's not, not a lot of guessing game going on right here. You, you know what you're getting. Now you hope you can get just a little bit more. A uh, little bit of a deep dive to the stat line here. Good buddy. Throwing it up here from SEC Stat Cat, Clark Brooks. Ricky Pearsall's target heat map and target chart against top 70 defenses while at Arizona State. Some good stats here. When omitting uncatchable balls, he posted a 53.3% first down plus touchdown ratio. If I'm reading that right, about 53% of his catches were a first down or touchdown. 6.7% creation, 86.7% catching. So the ball going his way is catching close to 90% of his balls. 13 and a half yards per touch, 7.6 yard after the catch, average in those games against the top 70 defenses. Now, here's the kicker, guys. This is why this is a good pickup. The last three stats were all top five within the transfer class. So all these transfer wide receivers, these last three stats, the yards after the catch, yard per touch, and catch percentage, we're all top five within the transfer class. There we go. 
Good pickup there. And big, big, big thanks to SEC StatCat. Hopefully I was reading those stats right, but I'm pretty sure it is what those meant. Good stuff there. Good stuff there. But we'll keep this conversation going just a little bit. Oh, there we go. I'm back now. Trying to use those graphics right a little bit. So if you're watching the YouTube version. Um, but let's keep some recruiting. I won't keep this episode too much longer, but we'll go to. I mean, it is Saturday. We'll get back to my weekend, get back to your weekend a little bit as well. But, of course, this was good news because Florida didn't get so much good news. On Friday, no fault of the staff. We probably should clear that up. But Jermaine Lole, he was a 6'2", 305-pound defensive tackle that Florida was going to be in for. Lole commits to Louisville. And as I said, no fault of the staff here. Did not have the grades to get into Florida. Florida was trying to do everything they could do, trying to figure out every avenue to get him in. we got to remember, there's a student-athlete part of this as well. Grades have to be there. And for Lole, uh, it was um, just not in the cards uh, to be able to come to Florida. Uh, there are some reports out there, too. They're not even sure, even though with him committing to Louisville, that he can even really get into Louisville. So we'll see where that one goes. Would have been a great pickup. One of the best players in the transfer portal would have been an instant starter along the defensive line right there beside Jervon Dexter. So that's why this one was, yes, a need. I won't say a miss because of why he's not coming to Florida. Now, I know a lot of people will say, you know, yeah, another excuse, blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, there's nothing to staff really do here. Um, so, but that's why this Pearsall get was so big. This one was a true 50-50 battle. This one was a battle you needed to go beat Oregon on. Now, we're all eagerly waiting some of the big names in, in, in recruiting. But if you're going after guys and you're showing interest, if there's the ability to go get them, then go get them. And that's what Florida did with Pearsall. Didn't have much of a choice there with Lole and not being able to bring him in. So, unfortunate there. He would have been a big contributor there. We know the help Florida needs at defensive tackle. It would have been a huge boost. This was a really good player uh, that Florida was trying everything they could do to get in. Just not in the cards. Uh, a couple more. Let's just get through some recruiting news and notes here. Coming up, I believe this week is what I'm hearing now. Five-star quarterback, Jaden Rashada. Should be visiting Gainesville. We know all the talk and all the wondering of what's happening at the quarterback recruiting under Billy Napier and his bump class and this his first full class that he gets to work on. And like I said, it stinks that there's no court that, that the state of Florida is not loaded at quarterback. I think that helps you a little bit there. Florida doesn't have that luxury this recruiting cycle. Jaden Rashada, five-star quarterback, put Florida in his top seven. Florida's trying to let him get on campus. He's going to commit June 18th. So we're within a month here when he's going to make the decision. Florida's going to get him on campus for a couple-day visit. We'll see where that one goes. I think Florida's got the work cut out for him, as you would think, with any five-star quarterback out there. I know all the Arch Manning talk that's out there, and we'll see what happens with that one. Hopefully Florida won't have to worry about it. Give me Jaden Rashada. Sign me up. Right now, 
June 18th, he's committing to Florida. If that's the case, sign me up right now. I'll take it in a heartbeat. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Rashada, I mean, I'm, he's, he's a complete package, total package quarterback. He's a five-star quarterback for a reason. Ole Miss, Miami, definitely schools to look out for there. NIL is probably going to play a huge part in rolling this. But that was a big, a lot of big news last week. We're wondering where Florida's going to go with quarterback recruiting. This might be the best shot. It might be Florida's last shot at going to get one of the five stars that are out there. I'd, don't get me wrong. Any five-star quarterback, I'd love to have in this class. Rashad might just be, might just be the fit here. So the staff's going to sell him on that. They believe there's a relationship between his father and Billy Napier as well. Hopefully, if there's any kind of tiebreakers out there in the end, that, that can be a deciding factor. But if you want to know where quarterback recruiting is going, that's the one you're going to want to follow coming up very soon in the next few weeks. And then, of course, earlier this week, Derek LeBlanc, mentioning that he is going to delay his decision. He will not be committing July 23rd anymore. There with Kirkland. Uh, and so we'll see where that one goes. I'm not really sure what that means for Florida. That's a, that's a tough read there. He's visited Florida a, a, a lot. He was supposed to come in on the 23rd with Malik Bryant uh, and Peyton Kirkland. Um. Muddy Waters, there you go. Oregon, too, in that mix there for Rashada uh, as well. So, um, so yeah, Miami, Ole Miss, Oregon, there with Florida, a few more schools out there as well. But, uh, yeah, LeBlanc, him delaying his decision. <sighs> Don't know what that one means for, for Florida. Not, like I said, he's been on campus a lot, visited last weekend, uh, a matter of fact, as well. I, I just don't know what that means for. It's a pure guess to me either way. I mean, don't get me wrong. You, you, after visiting so much, and there's a thought out there, Florida may be trending. Oklahoma is really going to be coming hard um, here as well, I believe. Um, you'll see where that one goes. I, I, I'd just be purely guessing if I told you that it's good news or bad news for Florida if he's delaying that decision. I don't know. I don't think, I'm not sure anybody really knows there. Um, if you do, more power to you. Uh, but I don't know. I, I can't sit here and say it's good news for Florida. I can't sit here and say it's bad news for Florida. He just wants more time to decide. He enjoys the recruiting game. He likes being recruited. All of those top athletes out there do. I think that's more to do at, with it than anything. But in the end, I still don't know if that's good news, bad news for Florida. And then... Um, trying to monitor the chat at the same time. So that's kind of why it seems like I'm going back and forth a little bit. Uh, Muddy Waters, I'll go ahead and bring you up again, man. Yeah, biggest disappointment was Kermani delaying his decision until after the season. 
Yeah, if you listen to one of the last episodes of Gators Breakdown, I, we were sitting here talking about who could be the next commit for Florida. I threw Carmani in there because the thought would be he would commit sometime in June. He has a spring game. I think it was Thursday night. He talks to reporters after his spring game and says now more than likely he'll be waiting till after his senior season. So we're probably looking around that early signing day for Carmani McLean to be making his decision. So I know a lot out there, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, we want these big names to make their decisions. We want these big names that Florida is in for to start making these decisions. Doesn't look like it will be anytime soon uh, there. Visits are coming up, of course, for a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys uh, starting in June, we're making, a lot of these targets will be making their, their official visits, unofficial visits, getting on campus even more. We'll see what can come out of that for Florida. But – Looks like will not be Carmine McLean now. And then Chris Smith, uh, Webb to UF. Yeah, I think so. He's visiting campus once more this weekend. He's on campus right now uh, visiting Florida one more time. He will commit June 30th. As of right here, Saturday, May 21st, I will say Florida's the pick. So we'll see where that one goes as well. And then uh, kind of to end the episode here, I'll let everybody get back to their weekend. Scott0020 on YouTube says, Mick Hubert retiring is sad. It is. It is. I was going to bring that up here on the end of this episode. I'm glad somebody else uh, here in the YouTube chat brings it up. Yeah, that, 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 one, that one hurts. Mick Hubert will be calling his last Florida Gator sporting event today, this Saturday, May 21st, as Florida ends its baseball series with South Carolina, the regular season finale there. And uh, we won't get to hear Mick Hubert call another Florida football game. Uh, you get us here, here on Gators Breakdown, you know, we, we talk uh, football all the time here. And so many of our memories of Gator football uh, are tied in a lot of Mick Hubert calls. Uh, whether you watch the games on TV and then Florida puts out those videos, you know, of a, of a game on Sunday or Monday, they, they put it out there to Mick Hubert's calls. And a lot of those get, have gotten shared. Uh, whether you're in the stadium and you got the headphones on and can listen to Mick Hubert, whether you're going to the game as well and you, and you listen to Mick after the game on your way home, or as I said, just go back and – listen to those calls that Florida puts the video or if you're old school and you still like to listen to the game on the radio, or if you're watching on TV, you turn the TV down and, and you want to listen to Mick instead of the TV broadcast. A lot of, a lot of our memories here of big wins and national championships, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, he's got to call it all. The only broadcaster out there that can say that. And whether it be Jarvis Moss blocking a field goal, a Florida baseball winning their first national championship, or the back-to-back -back in basketball, a lot of our memories tied to those events are Mick, Huber, Mick Hubert's voice going along with it. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll all miss it. We don't know what's next there, but it definitely will not be the same. Uh, it will not be the same, even get a little – you know, teary-eyed when you know, Florida puts out the, the videos that they have put out the last couple of days and all those big plays. And then I saw CV just put it in here. Dorian's got a touchdown over there in uh, 93, Florida versus Kentucky. 
like I got the year right there. <laughs> uh, but uh, they did a special on Nick's call to Doring making that catch. And Chris Doring is getting teary-eyed in the swamp. And Mick Hubert talking to him as well, kind of saying a lot of Florida fans, people around the industry didn't know Mick Hubert until that moment. Called him Mike Hubert, <laughs> or they had his name wrong. But you know, the rise of his career comes with Chris Doring's catch, and it's just set off there. So he will be missed. Uh, I'm sad that he he announces it now and won't do another season with where you know he can kind of get the send off. I think Florida has announced there's going to be a a Mick Hubert game. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll they will honor him at one of the football games this fall. But, man, little did we know that disastrous of a season last year, that would be Mick Hubert's last football season. He did call the spring game. So he did, quote, unquote, get the call one Billy Napier game uh, there in the, in the spring game. But stinks that his last football season was that kind of season last year. So um, he will be missed. We'll see who's next for Florida. There's no word there uh, for the next football caller or a sports caller. Um, sports play-by-play will be for the Gators. So we'll see. We would see uh, where Florida goes with that, get the announcement there. Could be Jeff Cardozo who steps in there uh, as he has for baseball and, and, and all the and, – and mostly for baseball. Uh, and he helps with football, pregame, and all that stuff. But we'll see. We'll see where that uh, goes. Um for Florida broadcast. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, hopping on here on this Saturday. Hey, coming up on Gators Breakdown this week, um, interview with Donovan McMillan. I will put it out there. We've already recorded it. If you do want to listen to it, it is available as a Gators Breakdown Plus member right now. So early access to an interview with Donovan McMillan. Awesome. Awesome interview there with him going into this defense, the new look defense under Patrick Tony, kind of his responsibilities, get to know him off the field a little bit as well. Really good interview uh, there with Donovan McMillan. So hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, bringing it to you live right here on a Saturday on YouTube. Big news for the Gators with the commitment of Ricky Pearsall. That'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.